If you'd turn with me, please, to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verses 1 and 2. A Psalm of David. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Oh, Father, give us ears to hear, we pray. We love your word. Open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things from your law and be doers of it. And we thank you that you give that power by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, for this passage that we're about to look at now. And we commit our hearts to you in preparation for coming to your table. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, over the past several weeks, on the, during the Wednesday evening prayer times, we have been praying, I think it's the last three weeks, we've been praying um, pieces of Psalm 37, about eight verses at a time. And we will continue doing that for a few more Wednesdays, I believe. And uh, during that prayer time, we usually begin, well, we always begin uh, with a time of adoration. And so we have been adoring the Lord as we pray through Psalm 37. And then we uh, recently, anyway, have been uh, taking uh, spiritual warfares out of the booklet on spiritual warfare, and we're praying those. And then uh, we have a time of intercession, and we conclude with a time of thanksgiving. And music also, which is interesting to do in that format. But uh, it's been a great blessing to uh, pray through Psalm 37. And this has been good, I believe, for us to adjust our thinking. Praying through any of Scripture adjusts our thinking, of course. But it is, I believe, praying through Psalm 37 has adjusted our thinking in an age where the wicked, it would seem, the perverse, are seeming to achieve what they want. So we need to get a right perspective as we pray through the Word. And the human author of this psalm is King David, and he is older here. Psalm, uh, verse 25 says, I've been young and now I'm old, so he's later in his life. And he had seen, I'm sure, uh, many times during his lifetime, the wicked on the surface uh, for a time uh, just seemed to have it easy. They could get away with things. But he knows that the righteous have a better uh, and a lasting and eternal heritage. Uh, in fact, a lasting inheritance, which is one of the key words of Psalm 37. It's listed six or eight times, I believe. Uh, the other key word, it would be fret, which we're looking at a little bit this morning. So the theme of this psalm is similar in other psalms. For example, Psalm 49. You could read the book of Job and see some similarities. Um, and Psalm 73 also. So if you want to remember that, you can say Psalm 37, Psalm 73. Um, but if you look at Psalm 73, it begins this way. Truly, God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. But as for me... My feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For, this is why his feet were slipping, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He said, I, I was really going down a wrong path. I had a wrong heart. I was envious of the boastful I, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And then the uh, author of the psalm gives more detail of how the wicked act and how the wicked speak against the Lord and against his people. But he came to this conclusion. He said, if I had said, I will speak thus, in other words, in a complaining manner, if I speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. He knew 
generational blessings would come upon the people of God. And then he said, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. So he went before the Lord. He said, now I understand the end of the wicked. He went to the Lord, he looked to the Lord, and he saw and he remembered how the Lord has shown mercy to his people numerous times and blessed them numerous times and in numerous ways. And how the lot of the wicked is destruction. It always will be. And he said, surely you set them in slippery places so they can't stand. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors. That's the heritage of the wicked, brothers and sisters. In a moment, they will be destroyed. It's a cataclysmic way. They're utterly consumed with terrors, it says. But then he said this. This is near the end of Psalm 73. He said, Whom had I, have I in heaven but you? And there is none, or there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The Lord is his eternal portion and his inheritance. And the only way to have an eternal perspective, really, while in this body, in time, on the earth, is to turn to the Lord and to desire him above all things. So your flesh may fail you. You may be weak and uh, going through some hard times physically, and it will fail for all of us. And your heart may fail you. You may get discouraged and be downcast at some point. But you can deal with this as the Lord becomes the strength of your heart. And as you delight that he is your portion, even in the land of the living. So back to our text, the two verses in Psalm 37. First verse says, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. So three times, as I mentioned in Psalm 37, the word fret is used. It's used very rarely in the Old Testament. And three times here in this Psalm. Verse one says, do not fret because of evildoers. Verse seven do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. So don't fret in the person who seems to be achieving that. And then verse 8, the psalmist says this. He says that we should not fret or get angry because fretting only causes harm. It's very clear. Fretting causes harm. It causes harm to us, to those around us. So fret actually means being discontent or just plain angry or anxious. In fact, literally, it means to burn. That word means to burn. It means to be kindled, to be inflamed, as is often applied to anger. Um, we become heated, you know, like that. Verse 1 is telling us not to fret because of evildoers. When we see them, when we see the wicked, and how they seem to get away with their wickedness. They seem to prosper. They seem to be successful and able to harm the righteous at will. And especially, we should not be envious of them, it says, or seek to be like them in order to have ease ourselves or comfort or personal gain or power, which they use to serve themselves, and it's all very destructive. And we are not to compare ourselves with them or to strive to be like them at all. And we have plenty of examples of men in civil office, for example, like in the past and certainly right now. And we might be tempted to fret now in this time that we see, just opening the news you might be tempted to fret or get angry that the wicked seem to be prospering and they've been using their power to do destructive things, egregious things against the law of God. 
Well, how are we to deal with this? First of all, we must know and be reminded that we, uh, they will not last. They will not last. And that they have no inheritance in the kingdom unless they repent. Verse 2, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, it says, and wither as the green herb. And the emphasis is on how quickly this happens to them. They think they're very secure, but it comes in a, a very cataclysmic way to them. In a moment, it says. Matthew Henry said this, The flourishing of a godly man is like the, that of a fruitful tree, but that of the wicked man is like grass and herbs, which are very short-lived. They will soon wither of themselves. Outward prosperity is a fading thing. And then he said, They will soon be cut down by the judgments of God. Their triumphing is short, but their weeping and wailing will be everlasting. It's the exact opposite, brothers and sisters, for us. Praise God. We might have weeping and wailing for a short time, but our triumph is sure, and it's eternal. Well, secondly, I think another way to deal with this uh, seeming dilemma is to be more thankful, really, uh, for the blessings that we have now, the many blessings that we have now, and for those that await us also, that are promised to us by our faithful Lord. And we should have continual praise to the Lord for what he has done and is doing in us and through us. And I just made a few things here that are huge blessings. We could take all day to do this. But I, the first thing that came to my mind was assurance of my salvation in him. For an eternal home, an eternal treasure awaiting me. For communion with the living God, individually and corporately. For forgiveness and eternal life in the Lord Jesus. For peace, peace now and peace forever. For the family of God, for, for you and for a purpose and a hope in the Lord Jesus. And so we will see as we go through this psalm how to deal with fretting over the wicked, things that are hard for us to deal with, and that we can and that we will rejoice in the inheritance and the blessing of the Lord for his people, even more so than we do. So part of that blessing now is that we can partake of this reminder of the work of the Lord, this table and his sacrificial love for us. And we can be strengthened by his grace as we come in faith now uh, to his table. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, we rejoice and we give thanks for your abundant blessings to us. Your great mercy to us. And Lord, we ask for forgiveness for complaining or fretting or forgetting these blessings and this great mercy. Oh Lord, keep us from Temptation to compare ourselves with others rather than to look to you and have a right perspective, an eternal perspective, and to be thankful, especially, Lord, that you, you are our hope. And may we come humbly and joyfully to your table now to receive grace, to walk by faith. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen.